Hi, this is Drew Erickson back again talking about money, not math, because I believe most people love money without realizing how often it doesn't work the same way as math. And I also believe everyone deserves, a, or all hardworking people deserve a, a financial, a successful financial future, um, but oftentimes we aren't given the tools or resources to attain them. So my goal is to bring you value every day that I have these conversations, and hopefully I do. So thank you again for taking the time to uh, participate, and I hope you have a great rest of your day after you finish either watching or listening to this conversation. Uh, before we get into the conversation that I'm going to be highlighting today, um, like I said yesterday, it's, or I think I posted the video today, but I recorded it yesterday, uh, Minnesota sports just keep, keeps getting crazier and crazier. It's kind of sad to see Jason Zucker go. Um, it's amazing how connected you can feel to someone you've never met, or I've never met him, but for all he does off the ice, it, makes, it made me appreciate having him on the ice even more. So hopefully I wish him the best of luck to the to the wish him the best of luck with Pittsburgh Penguins and hopefully the Wild uh, made the right move for their future as well. So now that we got the sports talk out of the way, as you know, that's my second favorite topic outside of money. Um, I want to get into the conversation today. I'm reading an article from usatoday.com titled, My Husband Wants Me to Retire With Him, But He's 10 Years Older With No Life Insurance. What Should I Do? And it's written by Peter Dunn. All right, so you're going to see, I'm going to I'm gonna read a lot of this article because it's pretty short, but a few of the interesting um, points that are going to be talked about are, one, the uh, value of pl planning for your retirement together, not just having it all depend on one person, right? Oftentimes, all of the financial retirement planning is based off of one of the two spouses, which can completely mess everything up if that one spouse has health, has health events or unexpected life events that can uh, hurt both spouses there. Two, uh, with life insurance, the most common life insurance being term insurance, what happens in that run outs, what happens when term insurance runs out and you no longer medically or financially qualify to, to keep it when you enter retirement, which is when you're getting nearer and nearer to the point where you're actually gonna pass away, right? So a few different things to talk about here that I think will be valuable, hopefully it brings you valuable a value in during this conversation. So starting out, the question is, or the start, it starts out with, Dear Pete, I'm worried about what will happen to my retirement income when my husband dies. I'm 52 years old and he's 62. He's made much more money than me for years, and I personally don't have many assets. He plans on retiring sometime the next year, and he wants me to retire too. We won't have a pension, and he barely has enough to retire, but he's going to do it anyways. This works fine until he dies because he doesn't have life insurance and he says he's leaving some of his accounts to his adult children. What should I do? Marie from Scottsdale, Arizona. All right. So before I get into the, the writer's response, I just want to highlight a couple of points that she makes that I think applies to more people than we realize and hopefully is what brings you value in, when you join me in this conversation. One, age gap. From a statistical standpoint, even if you the a man and a woman retire at the same time, statistically speaking, the woman's more often than not gonna live longer than the man. So that's creates a financial conversation or, or a hurdle to get by right there, right? A financial, a good financial retirement plan doesn't account for just one of the two spouses. It accounts for both. And what happens when one of them passes away? Cause we don't really get an expiration date in the mail. Uh, well, at least not for most of us at least. So second thing, more often than not, in a, in a relationship, what, regardless of the, spouse, of the gender of the spouses, usually one spouse makes more than the other. But is so is the retirement plan completely based off that spouse or 
is it based off of the couple as a whole? Right, so that's another thing to keep in mind, and what happened at being ready for legacy planning is a whole other thing. So she mentions about him leaving money to his adult, adult children rather than her. So the third, the last phase of, of financial planning is your legacy planning. Are are you leaving money to someone, and if so, who, and how is it going to impact them? Is it doing what you want it to do? So these are all the things. Hopefully, this example brings you value. Like I said, I think it's it's really interesting to read a real life example from a real life person who wrote into this. This uh, newspaper or USA Today. So here's the response. This is a problem, not across the T and dot the I problem, but a very big problem. Retirement planning is a difficult enough when people both in marriage are the same age. But when there's a sizable age gap, the problem gets especially complicated. Statistically speaking, you will likely outlive your husband, and based on your age difference, you may be without him for well over a decade. In a perfect world, you take your concern to your husband, he calls his life insurance agent and buys a giant life insurance policy on himself. That will help create an income stream for you at his death. Keep in mind, uh, life insurance death benefits tax-free, so it is one of the best ways to pass on uh, wealth to either your spouse or your um, beneficiary or your kids or wherever you want to donate money, whether it's your church or charity or whatever it may be. So continuing on, but I've done this long enough to know that if, if that was in his well wheelhouse of prudence, he would have already done it. Besides, the premiums for the policy would likely be cost prohibitive at this point, especially if he's barely able to retire. So two points that he's getting at here, the writer. I forget his name. Let me say his name quick. The writer's name is uh, Peter Dunn. Okay, so sorry. So the two points Peter's getting at in that in that paragraph is he says, first, if it was in the wheels of prudence. So one big thing on this note is that there are many different, there, there's a lot of financial advisors in the world, but not all of them do the same things and no one of them does everything, all right? So very often, I find that people I communicate with, they say, I already have an advisor, but does that advisor do everything, right? So whether it's your 401k advisor who focuses on your 401k or your investment advisor who focuses on your investments or your insurance advisor, your tax advisor, oftentimes an advisor is, is specialized in one or two key areas, but doesn't do everything. So are you having everything covered is a really important question for you to ask yourself because oftentimes people will be really great in one arena, whether it's the investment world, but not so good in the protection area. Or they have really great protection, but very little offense or, or savings to go with it. So it's important to have both of those mesh well together. The second point he talks about is the one thing we have to understand with life insurance is the insurance, it's, life insurance isn't a given. You aren't guaranteed it. They, it isn't owed to you. Right, so it's all based off of your health today and your age, because the insurance company has to look at, statistically speaking, what's the likelihood you're gonna pass away in the near future? And based off of that answer from an actuarial standpoint is how much they're gonna charge you for your insurance. So typically speaking, the older you get, the more it's gonna cost. So the longer you wait to do any insurance planning, the more it's gonna cost you to get that planning in place. All right, so those are the two points he, he's talking about there in his response, um, and now we'll continue on. The last thing you need to, to need is a pep talk from me about the importance of a woman just taking control of her finances and sticking up for herself, but you're about to get just that. As much as you want to spend time together in, a, in an idyllic retirement, I highly recommend turning your focus to building your own financial plan. This plan means you need to keep working and make financial decisions based on your own personal retirement readiness. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. If you don't take control of the situation, you will un undoubtedly find yourself living a financial nightmare. 
Without proper planning, any person in a committed relationship will suffer the same fate. Whether your husband secures life insurance or not, you should not personally retire when he does. You should review the next 15 years or so as your opportunity to create the sustainable stability you've always deserved. Specifically, you should maximize. All right, so before I keep moving on here, um, I, as much as I appreciate Peter Dunn's response here, because I 100% agree that all financial plans should include what's best for both people inside the plan. And if all the planning is based off one person, we should probably make sure that it accounts for both people. So, so I think I completely agree with that part. However, I do hesitate to be as specific in my response with anyone without getting to know them better as he is right here. So he's making a lot of you should do this, you should do that, you should not do this th types of, type of statements. When in reality, I think every individual situation is different and every single different person's goals are different. So just be careful when you're listening to me talk about that part. It's make sure you're doing what's best for you personally, but also keep in mind that some of the advice is definitely applicable. And to go with that, the next example that he's going to give is a perfect example of being way too specific without knowing the whole situation. So he says, specifically, you should maximize your income and then save as much of it as possible in a company-sponsored retirement plan. In fact, you should focus on breaking your own personal dependency on your husband's financial resources, all the while heavily weighing in on decisions involving those resources. Maximizing your income will allow you to maximize your available Social Security benefit, which will be key to creating your own sustainable income strategy. Based on your situation, you should likely wait as long as possible to tap this income stream. Since I'm recommending something rather intense, it's worth exploring the alternative. The alternative is for you to do nothing, but here's how that ends. Upon retiring at age 52, you will enjoy the next several years of retirement until reality hits. When a person barely retires, they, there are very real consequences. So the two points he made there about one, maximizing your income to maximize your available social security, definitely true, right? For sure true on that part. Because the more you make, the more social security you, I guess, attain or you are paid when you get to retirement. But the second point he makes about maximizing your group sponsor retirement plan, that might be your best option, but that's not always your best option. The things we've taken into account are, is it tax deferred? Is it after tax? How is where you're gonna put your money gonna affect the social security that you're trying to attain? How is it gonna affect your Medicare costs? Are there better options outside of your group for wealth accumulation retirement income planning? Overall, your group retirement accounts can be good tools, but they're not the whole story. So make sure you're, you talk to someone you trust to figure out what are all your options. All right, so continuing on, um, they will spend down their assets and time becomes their worst enemy. The, he's talking about people who don't have enough for retirement or barely get by. The longer they live, the worse it gets. Your age gap will exacerbate this problem and you will get left holding the bag. But unfortunately, the bag won't have any money in it. Retiring now is akin to buying a baby alligator and keeping it in your bathtub. Sure, it's cute, but don't just do it. I'm sorry you're in this financial quagmire, but fortunately you have the power to fix it. So to round it all out, what he's getting at is don't just do it to do it because it's the easy thing to do, whether that's in all the financial decisions that, that are made. Make sure you have the right information, talk to someone you trust, and make a plan that actually works best for you isn't just the easiest to accomplish. All right, so hopefully today's conversation brought you value. Again, this is Drew Erickson talking about money, not math. I think uh, this personal story from Marie is really helpful for us to reflect on for many of ourselves. And it's also important for us to take the advice given to her and understand that some of it's great, but some of it raises questions about how are we planning for ourselves personally. 
So please, thanks again for taking the time to, um, I guess, listen or watch this conversation. I hope it brought you value. Please reach out if it did or if you have questions. And as always, I really, the biggest compliment I can receive is if you take the time to share this with a friend. Thank you and have a great day. Bye.